0: is an audio platform created to educate, inform, and empower women to take charge of their physical and mental health. Join Shalana Battle and her occasional guests as they discuss many issues and health topics that concern women. While many health tips and advice will be discussed on this platform by licensed professionals, it should not take the place of seeking help from your own physician or therapist. If you feel that you need professional advice or medical assistance, do not hesitate to contact your provider. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, eavesdrop family, and welcome to another episode. I am your host, Dr. Shalana Battle. I hope that you all are enjoying your Sunday i know for most of us this is a three-day weekend because memorial day is on monday and a lot of us have that day off in observance of those men and women who lost their lives while protecting our country so first of all i just want to recognize the men and women who have lost their lives protecting our country and to say thank you for your service and also thank you to the families for their sacrifice Now, during this three-day weekend, I hope that you all are resting, you are rejuvenating, and you're having a little fun in the sun, and I hope that you are also being very safe out there. Now, before we go on with the show, I would like to remind you that if you are enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate the show. Rating the show will make the show more visible to women who love listening to podcasts that are about health and wellness. When developing this podcast, my goal and my intention was to reach as many women as possible because there are so many women out there who are seeking answers to questions, answers that they may not have received from their healthcare provider, or they may not have access to adequate healthcare. Now don't get me wrong, this podcast is not a replacement for a doctor's visit. However, it does serve as a resource for women, and hopefully it can be a first step to help women find the answers that they need. So please make sure that you rate the show and just spread the word about the eavesdrop. Now, today's inspiration is short, is sweet, and is also derived from one of my favorite affirmations that I've had to repeat to myself on several occasions. The quote simply says, I am brave. Again, I am brave. Why don't you say that to yourself while you're driving or uh, while you're listening, maybe while you're walking around at the park or exercising, say that to yourself, I am brave. It is important to instill that inside of your heart because fear is a normal feeling and it can affect us at some point in our lives. In some instances, it is important to experience fear because it can help keep us safe. You know, fear can definitely keep us safe from harm. However, fear can sometimes interfere with how we progress in life. It can keep us from trying new things. It can keep us from discovering new things about ourselves. And if we are not careful, Fear can also cause us to live a life of complacency. And so when we think about some of the goats, also known as greatest of all times, (laughs) and the goats of our society, like Dr. Martin Luther King, Angela Davis, and Malcolm X, I am sure they may have been afraid at some point of their lives, but they knew that they were on assignment and they didn't allow the feelings of fear to interfere with the task at hand. So I challenge you today to say to yourself all day, I am brave and believe that and boldly go after whatever it is you have been afraid to do. Maybe it's a book you wanted to write, but you are afraid that no one will read it, or maybe it's that business you want to start, but you are afraid that it may fail, or maybe it's that solo trip you've always wanted to go on, but you are afraid to travel alone. Whatever it is, tell yourself that you are brave and then go ahead and do it, girl. Today's help tip is take care of your teeth and gums. Going to the dentist on a regular basis is just as important as seeing your gynecologist in your primary care provider. Because there are some recent research studies that show an association between gum disease and heart disease. And one study conducted in 2014, researchers looked at people who had both gum disease and heart disease. They discovered that people who had received adequate care for their gum disease had cardiovascular care costs that were 10 to 40% lower than people who didn't get proper oral care. So these findings support the idea that gum health affects heart health. Gum disease has also been linked to preterm labor. That is right, gum disease has been linked to causing preterm labor. Research has shown that pregnant women with gum disease are more likely to give birth before 37 weeks. A study of a dozen new mothers found that 45% of those whose water broke early had signs of gum disease. The pathophysiology behind this is that bacteria and plaque are thought to travel to the placenta which is the barrier of protection around the baby, the bag of water, through the bloodstream, causing it to become inflamed, leading it to rupture too soon. So if you have not been to the dentist in a while, be sure that you follow up as soon as possible, as well as take preventative measures at home to promote healthy gum, like brushing twice a day, and flossing on a regular basis. May 28th was menstrual hygiene day. And in honor of this day, I have invited Layla Brown to the show to have a conversation about period poverty. She and her sister, Asia Brown, are the co-founders of 601 For Period Equity. Their organization is based in Vicksburg and Jackson, Mississippi and it was founded to help eradicate period poverty and period shame in the African-American community. Layla is in the 11th grade and her sister Asia Brown is currently attending Spelman College. I am extremely proud of these young black queens for answering the call early on in life. So without further ado, here is the conversation. Hi, Layla. Welcome to the eavesdrop. Thank you so much for being here today to discuss a very important topic, one that is very near and dear to my heart. Today, we will be discussing period poverty and your organization, 601 for period equity. I love the name, by the way, because that's what it's all about. Equity. (laughs) And this conversation is in honor of Menstrual Hygiene Awareness Day, which is May 28th of every year. And I'm so honored to have you here representing 601 for Period Equity. And I'm very proud of the work that you and your sister, Asia, have done to break down barriers and ensure that there is menstrual equality for women in your community. So before we get into today's conversation, please introduce yourself and your inspiration behind 601 for period equity.
1: Okay, so first I wanna say thank you so much for all the kind words. My name is Layla Brown. I'm 16 years old and I'm an 11th grader, a junior at Warren Central High School in Vicksburg, Mississippi, my hometown. Our inspiration behind 601 period for period equity, I'll be honest, I can't take you know full credit because my sister is the, really the one who came to me with the idea. She's actually a women's studies major at Spelman College in Atlanta. So her focus is really like health and equity. So she came to me with the idea after we had started working for the PAD project. We were ambassadors and we had curated some social media content for them for Black History Month, and it really just highlighted Black menstruators and all that we go through. And so that really inspired her and us in general to start 601 Period Equity, because we're not only servicing, you know, all Mississippians, but we have a specific focus on highlighting the issues of period poverty and how they specifically impact Black menstruators.
0: And that is awesome. I'm just proud of the both of you, because you're getting started with just helping out women in your community at such a young age. I think that's what drew me to you both, just knowing that there are young women out there that are trying to make moves and to help women like that in their community. So I'm proud of you. I just want to say that. (laughs) So period hygiene, poverty, and period poverty is a really big issue in our country and around the world. Can you discuss what period poverty is?
1: Yes, period poverty is defined as the lack of access to um, menstrual hygiene products, safe, you know, running water, clean water, and other sanitation services that in education as well, menstrual education and being educated on your body and how to take care of yourself during your period, the lack of, you know, all of those things, all of those resources is what period poverty encapsulates. So basically, our focus with ending period poverty is to make sure that people have what they need. So we actually have three pillars, mutual aid, which is us, you know, going out into communities and directly giving women and menstruators those you know pads tampons wipes anything they need during their period and giving them enough that will actually be able to sustain them and also advocacy which we haven't been able to delve into as much as we wanted to but you know advocating to eliminate the tampon tax that stops people from being able to afford those products. So that goes back to the period poverty, lack of access to products. And then lastly is education, which ties back to the lack of access to um, menstrual education in schools and just in general. Mm -hmm.
0: So I'm actually uh, glad that you mentioned that you guys give back as far as giving out um, menstrual hygiene products and providing education. Because when we think about menstrual products, it was basically treated like a luxury in this country and not really a necessity. Because when you go to other countries outside of the United States, like Scotland and New Zealand, like these are places where menstrual products are free. You know, their governments are actually paying for access to these menstrual hygiene products. And I think there are a few states in the United States who have kind of jumped on the bandwagon and have required middle school and high schools to provide free access to menstrual hygiene products. But I really think like in this country, we still have a far ways to go. And I'm just glad that um, you all are just breaking down the barrier of access to these products, and then actually educating um, young women um, about menstrual hygiene as well, too. So when you think about period poverty, how significant is this issue within the um, African American community?
1: So the reason why we, you know, obviously tie it back to how it specifically affects Black menstruators is because, as we all know, there's a large racial wealth gap. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of Black people are experiencing poverty or have experienced poverty, either they're experiencing it currently, they might in the future, or they have in the past. And so a lot of times it's us specifically who don't have access to these products. And, you know, when it's time to impose taxes on these products, luxury taxes, we're the first ones who, you know, have to make decision between, you know, paying a bill, getting food or getting a tampon. So that's why we focus on how it affects us, because it affects us disproportionately. And it further exacerbates the, you know, racial wealth gap that already exists.
0: During our our pre-conference, you and I talked about this before with African-American women suffering from uterine fibroids and um, endometriosis at a higher statistical margin than other women. And these conditions cause the menstrual flow to be heavier than usual and you add on struggling with poverty on top of that. So when you have like those two things up against you already, it basically puts you more at a disadvantage. And so speaking of endometriosis, did you want to talk about that and how it disproportionately affects black women?
1: Yes, we actually, 601 just did a kind of social media campaign about endometriosis awareness month, Mm -hmm. which was just last month, one in 10 menstruators will have and struggle with endometriosis in their lives. And of course, black women are disproportionately diagnosed with it as well. So a lot of times we will have, you know, heavier flows and, you know, experience extreme pain during our periods. So a lot of times, even just with after you're diagnosed, you know, sometimes because we are Black, doctors will ignore our pain or, you know, not take it as serious. And that's, you know, statistically proven. So it's very important that we raise awareness about Black people who are suffering from these issues because we don't often get heard from the people who are supposed to hear us, aka doctors.
0: Yes. And so for women who might be going through that, you know, they they're having these symptoms and their doctors aren't really listening to them. What advice would you have?
1: Unfortunately, you know, my advice might not be able to reach everyone because my first thing would be to maybe get a second opinion, but unfortunately a lot of us don't have access to, you know, other doctors. We don't have access to people provide even better health care. I would especially say if you can get a Black doctor. I feel like, you know, I have, I don't, you know, currently obviously go to the OBGYN yet, but I have a sister and a mother who both do, and they, you know, actually travel like 45 miles away because we live in Vicksburg to Jackson, so they can see a Black female OBGYN because out of anybody, we are more likely to, you know, be able to understand and, be sensitive to our pain and issues. So those are my kind of two tidbits of advice. But obviously, for people who, you know, don't have access to being able to get a second opinion, definitely just advocate for yourself. Even when, you know, obviously people don't really tell you ever that, you know, sometimes doctors you know make mistakes or have biases but they do and you need to call them out for that because at the end of the day you're they're supposed to be taking care of you that's what they get paid for that's what you pay them for so you need to definitely you know advocate for yourself take that extra time to ask them questions tell them what's going on make sure they understand you know what you're feeling because if you don't advocate for yourself nobody else will.
0: And I like that self-advocacy is very important, especially in healthcare. Because oftentimes, you know, as patients, if we don't know a lot about healthcare, we're going to leave our health in the hands of our providers, right? And so we allow them to take the lead and make the decisions, but you have to become very well versed with your own health care. And, and the more knowledge you have, the more you're able to advocate for yourself. So I definitely love that answer. Yes, and how can we as a community come together to help end period poverty
1: I think all it goes back to mutual aid a, a lot of people think that sometimes the work we do is charity like sometimes we you know we have considered becoming a non but I feel like at the core of 601 is community we are not You know, a charity. We are not this big organization with lots of money. We are two sisters in a community who, you know, see what, see a need and chose to work to fulfill that need because nobody else was. So I think as a community, we need to band together and actually support each other because, at its core, period poverty is a healthcare issue, but it's also a poverty issue. And that's really what it ties back to. So we need to start, you know, building community, helping each other and understanding that mutual aid, the most important part of that is, is that it's mutual. You know, I might not have something one day, but I hope that somebody is out there, a brother or a sister who was going to help me, you know, and vice versa. So that's what it's all about, I feel like community building.
0: Yes, for sure. And what are some resources for women who may not live in your service area?
1: There are, you know, funds for, well, that's really for reproductive health care in general. There's always Planned Parenthood, I would say, specifically Planned Parenthood Southeast Advocates, because that's actually one of our partners. And while we generally just service Mississippi and a couple like border cities In you know, Alabama and a little bit, you know, over us Tennessee. Mississippi is our main service area, as you mentioned. So South Planned Parenthood Southeast Advocates services all of the Southeast. So definitely, if you can reach out or find a local Planned Parenthood or some type of reproductive fund, like it, because they should be able to help you out. So, what are some myths and
0: facts about period poverty? If you can think of like maybe your top three that um, you hear the most what would be some some myths or facts about it
1: I think one myth about period poverty is that it's downplayed like it's not a big issue like people I think sometimes think about America and they think about the wealth and the glitz and glamour what they don't think about the fact that some people in America are living in extreme poverty like we think of like other countries especially black and brown countries because of how we've been socially conditioned and that's when we think about you know serious cases of people not having access to things but there are people right in your own backyard who don't have access to water and clean water and running water and you know people who are experiencing extreme poverty right in your face and you might not even realize it so i think one myth is that you know it's not that bad or it's just like oh i forgot my period know I just don't happen to have the money on me right now no it's people who you know literally do not have the money at all and who have to choose like I said earlier between food bills and a box of tampons so it's really a very pressing and serious issue and I think part of the reason why it's pushed to the side is because it impacts non-cis men like it it doesn't impact people who are the decision makers in life so You know they don't really bring it to the light i think i think two facts about period poverty it is a global issue obviously we focus specifically on mississippi which is in america but it is a global issue and it is a pressing issue everywhere i'm glad that places like countries like scotland and I believe New Zealand have taken the step to make period products free and accessible to all. Hopefully America will follow soon, but it is a global issue. Another fact about period poverty is that it impacts students as well. I think a lot of people don't realize that when you're in high school and junior high and even some people in elementary and there's a girl asking you for a pad in the bathroom, It might be because she forgot, but it might be because her family is so, you know, poor that they do not have the money for one. So that might be why she's asking. So it actually seriously impacts students, not only, you know, people in college, but also high school, junior high, and even some elementary students. And that's actually an initiative we've taken up. We actually, Asia separately, not with 601, was able to get a Aunt Flow free period dispenser, period product dispenser installed in Spelman's campus. And I'm working here in the Vicksburg Warren School District to get one installed. And we will be doing that if everything goes according to plan within the next school year. So the another, that's another period poverty fact.
0: I like the fact that you brought up that it's a problem here in the United States, because I think a common misconception is that it's something that happens in third world, poor countries, but it's, it's right here, like you said, in our backyard for sure. And then another thing I like that you said was when someone asks you for a pad, it may not be just because they forgot. So I think we all have to have that awareness because it happens in the workplace too, you may have someone come up to you and say, Hey, do you have a pad? You know? So I think by saying that you've created that awareness that we all should just be vigilant and just think about it. What is your favorite quote or affirmation and how has it influenced your life and your career?
1: Okay. My favorite quote is my Angela Davis quote And it is I am no longer accepting the things I cannot change, I am changing the things I cannot accept and I learned about this quote and came across it a long time ago, but I think that was before I really understood what it meant, because you know in 2016 a lot of teenagers and a lot of youth you know were mobilizing and getting into activism but a lot of that was in like larger more metropolitan areas and so you know living in Vicksburg which is a little bit more rural and removed from you know bigger cities in the state like Jackson i didn't really see that you know huge uptick of you know teen activism like they saw in other places because it just wasn't you know not that it wasn't there but it wasn't something that was going to be as common because of the politics in the area. So, you know, started reading things and I started educating myself, but I didn't truly start, you know, trying to fight for change until really the beginning of the pandemic because I did, you know, I actually had the time, but I also, you know, poverty was exacerbated at the time. So it really opened my eyes to. Um, it put a mirror up to the country and showed me, you know, the ugliest parts of it. So I think that the quote has helped me to influence my life because I obviously haven't started my career just yet um, by showing me what it means to, you know, really live in what you believe. Because, you know, I believed, you know, certain things were wrong and certain things need to be changed, but really, you know, putting it to action and actually acting on these things is a completely different thing.
0: Yes. And how can uh, people learn more about 601 for period equity and how can we follow you and how can we support you and Asia's efforts?
1: We have a website. It's 601forperiodequity.com i very proud of that because that's kind of one of, the, mm, one of the first things we did, probably one of the second things we did, because obviously we did some actual work first, but that's available to anyone and that has ways to donate, ways to volunteer, and ways to keep current on what we're doing. And then we also have an Instagram, which also has a link tree that includes the website, our cash app, our PayPal, and our target registries. And we I would especially encourage somebody to follow the Instagram, which is also at 601 for period equity, because we post more regularly on it than we do the website. So definitely follow our Instagram.
0: Yeah, so this episode was amazing. You are so knowledgeable <laughs> and so motivated, you know, to make change, and I really admire that in you. And I'm very proud of you and Asia and what you all are doing for your community. And thank you so much for um, stepping in on behalf of your organization and just speaking, just giving us some insight about um, period poverty. And shout out to Asia <laughs> as well who couldn't be here today but thank you so much for being here
1: of course I'm so glad and humbled and just so excited that you wanted to have me on
0: I hope that you enjoyed Layla and I pray that you were inspired and learned something new If you are enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate the show. Rating the show will make the eavesdrop visible to more women who enjoy podcasts about health and wellness. Also, spread the word about the podcast to other women you know. To stay updated with the eavesdrop news, you may follow the podcast on IG at Eavesdrop underscore podcast or visit the website at www.TheEavesdropPodcast.com. Well, until the next episode, be well, be whole, and be blessed. Bye.